All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hit Factor. On deck, Jared Fox, Jason Bradley, Jeff Cawthon, and Jared and Jason want to inform all of you of their <laughs> their Gary Optics uh, adventures of 2019 Do's, Don'ts, 2020. No, you're talking about what you learned in 2019. Oh. Yeah, that's true. My bad. Yeah. I'll stop you'll talk. talk you'll talk about what I want you to talk about. <laughs> right. Right. My bad. <laughs> okay. One of you start. <laughs> Go. Do it. Uh, I'll start. Uh, so, last year, I ran the uh, Delta Point Pros for most of the season uh, on Shadow 2, milled by Cajun Gunworks. I had very mixed reliability out of the dots. So I had, I was saying about the other day, I had one dot that had 20,000 rounds on it, no issues. And then the other three dots I have between them went back to the factory five times. The shortest one lasted like, I think, 1,500 rounds or something like that. And the longest one of them ran was probably eight between going back. Uh, and Jason here, you ran a plastic gun all year. What was your results on dots? So I um I have one dot that was the first one I bought. They're Delta Point Pros as well. The first one I bought, and it's got it has over thirty thousand rounds on it, and it was my main dot. Um, so it's never had an issue. Um, I've had I have four dots total, and out of the other two, I've had to send one back. And I've had other issues but they weren't due to the dot that at the time I thought were due to the dot. So I've only had to send one dot back. How many rounds did you shoot on uh, last year? 30,000. Now that dot that I have 30,000 on, I bought it in 27, it was 2018 and shot it for around, around starting middle of August through the end of the year. Well, not really because I also went to open for a while, but <laughs> Um, and I don't think I had that on my open gun. Um, so that, no, that was always on my Glock. And, um, so that's why I have so many rounds on it. And it's anyways, but that was my main dot this year. And, um, so it got about 25,000 rounds, 20 to 25,000 rounds on it last year and five to 10,000 rounds on it last year, uh, the year before. So I've sent one dot back though for due to being broke. I had one dot that I sent back and I had to send it back the day I got it. Cause it, it wasn't um, showing the dot wasn't correct. It was it was jacked up, so I had to send it back. That was before I ever ever put it on the gun. And it was new though. So okay. Do you, do you think it'd be fair to say plastic guns are probably easier on dots? Well, going off of just my experience is not necessarily the the the, the rule. I mean, uh, you know. I, I don't, but I've heard everybody else say that. So I've heard, I had a guy I was talking to at Nationals. He said that. He goes, I'm shooting steel gun. He was shooting shadow. He goes, man, I'm breaking dots. And he goes, I think the, the plastic guns are, are easier because of the flags. I don't know. And um, so, but I, you're thinking it too because you had a lot of problems and I don't know. So, so I, I've, I've talked to a lot of different people that have shot carry optics or tried it and shot it on a reasonably serious enough level that they've put some rounds on the guns. And generally speaking, people shooting plastic guns are having better luck with dots, irregardless of the brand of dots they're shooting. Steel frame guns seem to be harder on the dots without worrying about the brand of the dot, uh, that, which is part of the reason why I'm thinking for 2020, if I decide to go ahead and shoot carry optics, like I'm going to set up a third Delta, a Delta Point Pro slide, a third Shadow 2 with Delta Point Pro on it. Because I don't think any of the other dots are actually better than it yet. So I've tried a lot of dots. Now. Well, I say a lot of dots. I've shot, I had a Sig Romeo. I have it right here, actually. Uh, which one is this? This is the Romeo 3 Pro, I believe. Um, this is a larger MOA than I like, um, but it doesn't have the rounds on it to test it. Uh, everything else I actually like about the dot. It turns on easy, uh, extremely easy. I have not had to change a battery, but... Um, I would I wouldn't actually mind but the window is a little shorter but I wouldn't mind trying this in a smaller MOA um, and then I've had the SRO um, so I do not like the SRO I could get used to it but I I just it's it's a little different the way the the lens is it's taller 
And so I think to do that, they had to curve that. They had to put more. I don't know if it's not necessarily curve, but they had to put more of a depth or it's it's whatever. But it it seems to magnify what you're looking at just a little bit. Yeah. And and then in the sun, in low sun, you get a double dot. You get a second dot because it reflects off the uh, the laser emitter or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And so you get a you get another dot on top of the actual dot. Now, I did go out and shoot it with that once, and I think that would be even though that's kind of weird i think that's something i could probably get through but i just didn't like the thought so i i also tried it um when cajun came out with their new style cuts scott sent me one to try out um well i had him cut me another slide with his sro cut where he took the weight out under the slot under the dot and didn't have any other cuts in it and borrowed a sro from work to try out and i shot it for two or three weeks i think and i shot at the illinois sectional and I liked the dot, but my initial impressions even from then were that it didn't have really enough advantages over the Delta Point Pro to be better. And at first I thought maybe it was going to be substantially more durable. So I figured I would watch it a little longer. And now I've got a couple of friends that have shot them a little bit and have broken three of them in, you know, 20,000 rounds. Sounds like to me they're having the same life I am, so... I've kind of I've kind of decided all the dots suck and that steel frame guns are harder on them and that a guy needs three carry optics pistols if he's going to shoot a lot. Well, you definitely need two with with three or four dots. And the other thing I'm coming from uh, that I learned last year is that my sight mount came loose two or three times on. I know it was twice, if not three times. And um, I didn't realize what was going on at the time, but I was right the second to last stage at nationals. Um, I was having some weird issues with my uh, my gun. It was I was on a shooting a close up target, but it was a headshot only. And um, you know, normally you don't look for hits, but when you shoot a dot, you're staring at the paper. And on that target, I, I was looking, and um, I saw the hits go low in the head in the in the body, and it was hardcover paint. Uh, you know, it was painted black. And I popped off like three rounds before I could finally get one. I think on the fourth one, I got got it in the head box. And so that stage, I, I noticed that. So that I was worried about that the whole stage. And I was, so I started looking. And then, on the, of course, the last stage, it didn't seem – I did have an uncalled delta when I was looking for the score. And I was like, how do I have a delta? Um, but I didn't think I had a delta. But um, I just chalked it up. And so then I went back a couple of months later and we shot Arkansas State and uh, I ended up changing the gun like second stage into the match for another reason. But I was on that stage that, that made me do that. I had a bunch of Charlies and I was like, that's too many Charlies. I was like, that something's not right. So I didn't know I changed the gun and finished the, mat, the rest of the match really well. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit. I'm shooting the gun and I'm out there testing all these guns and I'm just shooting for accuracy. I like to do that. And uh, on this gun, I was getting twice as large groups as I thought I should be. So I went and grabbed my other 34, and I started shooting at the same same ammo, same distance, same target, and I, my groups were what I thought they should be. And so I, I went out like two or three times because I go, maybe this is all in my head somehow. It's it's mental. It happened every time. I, but during the, every time this would happen, I would grab this the, the dot and move it because I was like, okay, is this wiggling? And I couldn't feel it wiggle. So I basically got fed up with it, took that dot off. And then when I go, went to move, remove the sight plate, it was loose. Once I put the screwdriver in there, I mean, it was just, and it, so in another hundred rounds, it would have probably started wiggling, but real bad. So it was loose. So that gun was, and it's, it's the Glock. That gun, I've heard other people say that that sight, that, uh, sight mount comes loose fairly easy on that gun. It's happened to me a couple times. And um, I know it's happened to a couple other people. So there's basically a crap show, shit show of stuff you've got to put up with when you're going to shoot carry optics, it seems. And, and that's kind of where I was at with it, was that uh, it, it doesn't sound like much, like breaking five dots doesn't sound like much, until I remember that every time a dot breaks, it costs you at least part of two practice sessions, because you have to stop the one you're on and switch guns, or or go home and change dots or whatever. And then whenever you your next one, you're zeroing your new dot 
on it. So that's the first, you know, 20, 30 minutes of the time you're at the range where I never had this issue with iron sights. You know, check the zero on the gun once every once in a while and you're good to go. Uh, but carry optics itself is a lot of fun. I, I enjoy the high capacity and, and the red dot portion of it. So I kind of have mixed feelings on if I'm going to shoot it next year or not. And actually with the with the talk about plastic guns, I actually borrowed a P10 from uh, Matt at work with a red dot on it. I'm going to I'm going to shoot it a little bit and see if I think I can shoot it equally. Because I think it'll be easier on dots. I've got a theory. I've got a of what's going to happen with that. You want to hear it? I'm going I'm to be like, screw this and get my shadow dudes and go shoot production. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that the, it's not that the P10F is not um, a good gun. It's not that it's not accurate because I've, I've had one. I've shot one. It's great. But it's too different in my mind. And your hands are too massive. <laughs> so, I, I mean, not that you couldn't do it, but I don't think it's going to. I think it would take some time, some some hard, serious work, several training sessions, you know, to get used to it. And that's just that's just shooting it. Then you got to go. Now I got to work on draws. Now I got to work on reloads, and everything presents a little different. Again, a couple of tra- uh, practice sessions, I think you'd be all right. But even even after a couple of practice sessions, you'd be okay, but you wouldn't be equal to where you would be with the shadow tube. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, one thing for me because I had that uh, P10. Is it it did uh, it pointed a lot different. Like, even me just picking up the Walther from my 1911, the Walther will point almost the same as my 1911. The P10 pointed a lot different for one reason or the other. I'm not really sure why, but, uh, yeah, just gripping it, it it would point, like, way to the left, (laughs) just with my normal grip, and it would point kind of up like a Glock. And I, I can definitely tell you, I like the I like a steel frame hammer fired gun better. Um, with, I mean, a a, a metal gun uh, with a hammer on it's pretty much what I've shot since my first year shooting. I haven't shot really anything else. So uh, when I first started, I shot Glocks, but when I bought my first limited gun, since then so I've been uh, metal guns and hammer fired. So it is a big change. Yeah. I, um, so your shadows are also direct mount, so yeah, so it's one less thing to come loose. Yeah, so speaking of the coming loose, so for Ipsic Nationals last year, I uh, shot production optics. So to do that with Shadow 2s, um, I had to get factory optic ready slides from work. So I borrowed, uh, I had two of them imported and then borrowed them to shoot that match. And one of the plates came loose on me uh, and, and caused a very aggravating first, like, six or seven stages. Yeah, I did. Before I caught it, switched guns. Uh, but my my guns I use in, or guns I use for carry optics uh, all year uh, were milled by Cajun, and they were direct mount with a Delta Point Pro as deep as you could go in them. And uh, never had any issues with dots loosening up either. So I, got, I, I got a question. Real quick, hold on a second. Real quick, I, I think if a guy was uh, shooter was going to decide they were really going to stick with something on a platform, and I didn't do this, uh, you might go ahead and just say, you know what, I'm going to use red lock type. Not with a red dot. Change no, not not on the dot. Not on the dot itself. Not to not to secure the dot to the plate, but to the plate to the gun. Maybe I use blue, blue, but uh, maybe I don't know. Anyways, what were you going to say, Jeff? So, do you think the Maybe the plate that, you know, the ones where, uh, that aren't direct mount, they have a plate to mount the dot. Mm-hmm. Do you think that plate could act as a kind of a shock absorber? I don't know how it would. I mean, it's, it's metal interfering with more metal. Um, and I think bolt would, the, the screws would shear off if it was loose, too loose and you, and it was and you, but it stayed there. Right. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, just, I'm just wondering if you think that, if that happens, like guns no, that I, have plates make the dots last longer, or, or, is that yeah. a is that a I, thing? 
I kind of, I kind of wonder if it's the, uh, if the amount of vibrations that ends up back through the gun with, uh, with a steel frame. And of course, I also shoot uh, light bullets, so that I suppose that could have an effect on it too. And I shot, I shot 147s all year. So we think that the thing that saves dots is that it's a Glock and it's kind of like a, a limp noodle of a frame. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and he does he does have a really weak and terrible grip, so that could be it too. Who are you talking about? I I got stepped away for a second. Oh, uh, we were just, me. We were just talk, we were just talking about you. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of things to play effect, but what I really kind of wonder if it is is it's, if it's the level uh, level of vibration that ends up going back through the gun uh, whether it be from just the aluminum or the uh, polymer frame absorbing some of the the shock and not allowing it to to vibrate back through or if it's maybe just the design of like the you know the common steel frame stuff is pretty much CZ and Tanfo and USPSA so maybe if somehow that design might be transferring more shock or vibration back to the dot as well. Walter. I heard on uh, Ben's podcast, Wansik was saying that um, he, he switched the SRO a while back and he seems to have not, because Ben asked him, he hasn't broke one yet. So he may yeah. be the exception to the rule, but um, he's the only person I know that's not broke one. I mean, you get guys on there saying, Oh, I haven't broke one. I've got 800 rounds through it. Don't, don't, I don't want to hear you talk until you've got 20,000 yep. rounds through it. Until you got 20,000 rounds on three or four of them, two of them at least. Just because you get there with one, you know, your 3,000 rounds. That's not enough. And the, like, I got a local guy with me that uh, had a couple of Shadow Twos cut for SROs. And he's broken two or three SROs. And he also broke the RMR off his carry gun that he uses a spare when one of his other dots was back. So between those, I mean, he shoots a lot. So he's, he's had the guns for a little while. So at most, though, he probably doesn't have more than. 20,000 rounds between the four broken dots. Which tells me they're not any better than what is what else is currently available. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. The, the the Delta Point Pro, the design of the, the battery contacts is, when you look at it now and you see the problems, you sit there and go, y'all didn't do any testing. How could y'all have done testing? And thought that, And thought that that was a good idea. To where when this thing slams back and forth, that that wasn't going to move with a piece mm -hmm. of tape on it. Yeah. There goes there goes my Delta Point sponsorship. But <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, um, come on. And, and I've I've got I've got a friend that, that works for Leopold, and like when it, when I've had issues, stuff gets resolved quickly. So like oh, yeah. broken dots, broken dots get exchanged fast. And even my friends that have broken them, they get exchanged fast. I kind of think it's a case of for what it would cost to make one truly bulletproof is not worth it that it's it's more cost effective to warranty them than yep. it is well if you put a bunch more money into building them and let's say the dot now costs 800 or 900 dollars on the street you're not going to sell them to the average shooter who's going to buy the bulk of the dots where me or you would buy them because they would hold up some guy who shoots 500 rounds a year he's never going to buy that and that dot would last him 10 years if it lasted 5,000 rounds Right. Yep. So have you uh, have you talked to your buddy at at Loophole about yes. that? Uh, no, not about that directly. Uh, just about uh, like I, nor I normally I normally just talk to him whenever I broke a dot and need to return it for repair. That's how we became friends. <laughs> gotcha. I so you talked to him every other week. No, I only broke five this year. <laughs> I I wonder if that's the case because I just with the this year the amount of people I've heard that have sent dots back. I wonder if that's if that's the case. If it truly is more cost effective for them to keep doing it that way, you know, or if it would be more cost effective to have one that you know, can cost more. Yeah, you, you know the way that kind of stuff is. Somebody probably uh, needed a change of vendor on a part or something, 
or change the way they're doing one small thing, and that can cause a problem that never existed before. And because the early ones, I think, held up much better. Like Jason said, he has one with 30,000 rounds on it. My first one has 20 on it. So at the end of the day, we don't know what's wrong with these dots if they break all the time. And all the different brands suck. Maybe the ones that you're getting back are refurbished. That's oh, they're not lasting as long. They're, no, they're the same dot. I send in a dot, they fix the dot, and send it back. Yeah, they fix the dot, send it back. But and, and, uh, and, and their turnaround's fine. I mean, it's good, and uh, and they do, you know, they they take care of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, most people. I mean, you gotta. We we forget that most people that buy this stuff or that shoot don't shoot as much as we do. Mm-hmm. Well, then you so. throw one of those on the, on your carbine or something, then exactly, it's not gonna have any problems. I, I like the Delta well, Point Pro the best out of all of them that I've shot, and I've shot so, some of the other ones too, but. After looking at a lot of them, I still think it's the best available just to size the window. Uh, I do wish it had a bigger dot available. I wish there was a 6 MOA dot option, but I think the I think the dot itself, I think it's the best current package. You know, you if you like the bigger dot, then you might you might try the uh, SIG, because the window, I don't think... Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not putting the SIG dot on my CCs. Oh, my bad. I get it. I get it. Okay, never mind. Forget what I said. Plus, it doesn't, it, it doesn't fit the uh, current bolt pattern. Well, like, okay. Try. So, when I was looking at guns last year, or when I was getting into carry optics, I guess I got into late 18, uh, I had a Glock, so that was why I chose that. But this year, uh, this offseason, or whatever, last year's off, whatever, this year's last year's offseason, when I was looking for new guns, <laughs> I had a Shadow that was already cut and milled. Shadow 2. And you were too good for it, and you sold no, no, it. No, 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 hurt my feelings. I did sell it. Uh, loved the gun. Uh, loved the gun. But I didn't want to do a direct mill to where it was a foot, you know, that's the bad problem. That's the bad thing with the direct mill. At the time, I was like, I'm not doing, I'm not having the gun milled. That was more the issue at the time. Uh, it wasn't because it was a direct mill. It was just that I didn't want to pay for it and be stuck with that footprint, and then the gun also not be legal for production. So that's why I didn't do that. Now I'm actually thinking of going like I was shooting some guns. I've shot several of them. I had two of them narrowed down. One was a steel frame. The other one was a plastic gun. Liked them both. Really liked the steel frame the most. And But I was noticing that when I shoot the steel frame, I was getting a weird recoil pattern. And it was, you know, it had to be the way I was gripping it. But it didn't happen with my Glock or this other gun. And so Why I was like, are you okay. not naming these guns? I don't know. All right. So when I was when I was shooting the Walther steel frame, I was having that weird dip, and it was low and left. And I was like, okay, is that your strong hand just uh, too too tight? So I'd loosen it up, um, and and that did actually seem to solve the problem. But I didn't have the same problem with my Glock or the Canic uh, when I would still, and I wasn't gripping it super hard, but I had to, I mean, I had to really, really loosen it up even more. And it, and it happened every time I went and shot it. And I was like, well, I don't really want to retrain my grip when my grip works on these other guns. So that was one, I was like, okay, that's a, a con in the, the Walther, uh, for me to choose the Walther. Then when I was thinking the steel frame guns are harder on dots, that's another problem. And I didn't want to use the SRO if that was the solution, so that was two. Um, so now, after all, this whole process, during this whole time, I started learning that, okay, my ma- my sight base or my sight mount was coming loose. So now I'm like, well, I was talking to Jared the other day. I was like, man, maybe direct milled is the way. But it sucks that you have to buy a new slide to have it direct milled so you can keep the old slide so you can shoot production. Not that I shoot production, but I don't want to... Because once you cut that slide... It's 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 for that dot and it's done. So that's another reason why I still don't want to do that. But I, I went to my buddy that I sold a Sig to the Legion and I said, let me borrow that Legion again. So I'm gonna shoot that Legion a little bit. <laughs> so I'm still not sure what I'm shooting next year, but right now I'm thinking it's the Canic um, or maybe the Legion if I like it. I'm not sure I'm gonna like it because I remember I kind of excluded that one early on, but thinking. Maybe I need to give it another shot. So, and I like to shoot different guns. So, 
But anyways, that's another pro of this the the Legion. I wish they would all do this is do a direct mount for the most popular pat. I wish they'd all get all the dot makers would get on board and do a single pattern. Uh, I think I think long term you'll you'll end up with a a single pattern emerging, or probably probably what it'll be is there'll be like two or three patterns, like a a more compact one and a and a larger one. So you know, it's been a while. I actually put this Sig Romeo on this Legion when I got it, and I haven't taken it off. I'm not gonna take it off now to look, but. The plates have those, what do you call it? The, are they called bosses? The, the mm-hmm. posts that stick up that go in the holes that are on the dot. So if you yeah. didn't have those bosses, then you would just have holes for the screws to go through and you could use one plate or a couple plates, you know. So I guess what the, it's been a while since I looked at it, what SIG does is they have bosses, but they're in the pattern for the SIG Romeo and the Delta Point. Yeah. And then you put a mount, if you want to use a different dot, you put a uh, optic mount over that, and it has those bo- those holes for those frame uh, slide-mounted bosses, and then it's got its own, and then that's how you get around that. That's mm-hmm. actually a pretty smart way to do it. Um, so, it, I think the footprint of their dot is a little bit different, though, like front to back. I, think, uh, I don't think that dot will directly drop into my Delta Point Pro mounts or something like that. Yeah, you're probably not probably not wrong. Cause I'm looking at it right now and it looks like it's, and I don't remember, I don't, I remember doing it, but I don't remember how it fits in there. If it's tight or not, it looks like it's, yeah. But the, them doing that and standardizing to the Delta Point Pro pattern is what will help eventually bring a standardized mount. That would be cool. Or like, again, figure out how somehow to, uh, yeah, no, I, I think I, I think I'm going to try this and give this a shot for the direct mount because I think it's one less thing to go wrong. That's if I like the gun, uh, which I'm sure I will. But uh, anyways, I they're, think it's one less thing to go wrong. I think they're a pretty cool gun. Uh, I, I'm I'm currently at the phase of I think I'm going to depend to just like flip a quarter to decide what division I'm shooting. You, no, you won't, because let me tell you something. I'm, I'm the king of flipping a quarter to decide. And then when you flip a quarter, you, you either go, no, I didn't really want that gun. Or you go, okay, okay, I'll do that. And then a week later, you go, but I really want to shoot this gun. So, so right, right now, the I think I'm registered for five matches so far or something. Uh, and I registered in production for all of them so far. Figured I could go back and change it later. Uh, I might stick with that, though, for Area 6, my first match of the year, since it's so close. And I've been shooting Iron Sights for a while. But who knows? There's still lots of time to decide. Here's I'll what we should do for you. I got a quarter right here. Flip a quarter for him right now. All right, all right. I'm all gonna right, flip what? it for Jason too. Jason, call, no, go call with Jared out. first. Jason. Jared first. All right. Heads, heads or tails? Which is which? Heads is production. All right. Flip my quarter. It's tails. Oh, oh. I, uh, are you gonna show me? How do I know you're telling the truth? <laughs> no. There, right there. No, he showed you now. He shows you. Okay. There it is. So did, what... we just, did we decide tails was carry optics? We did. Yes. Yep. So I have uh... carry optics this year now? Yep. I can't wait till he yeah. starts breaking dots again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's pick a gun for Jason. Do you have like a 67-sided a quarter? <laughs> uh, we're just going between uh, the... Mechanic and the Legion. Here we go. Okay. Which is what's what, uh, J- um, Jared? Uh, uh, heads is the Turkish gun. Uh, tails <laughs> is the Sig. There it is. It's tails. <laughs> you flipped it over. I saw you do that. I know it was up just like this. Dude, so you're shooting this. Is it tails? Yeah, it's tails. I'll shoot you six. Shoot. I'm Wait, done. Best two out of three. Nope, I'm done. Yep, you, you right, gotta buy. Go. You gotta buy a second. You gotta buy a second sig. I gotta buy. I gotta buy the first one. That's not mine anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you can just order a pair up. You probably get uh, uh serial numbers in a sequence. Because that's cool. No, I just figured they'll probably send you two at the same time that come off the same pallet. I'm a- that's what I would do. 
Yeah. How long have we been on? We've been recording see. for right at thir- just thirty minutes now. Thirty uh, minutes. Okay. <laughs> we got. I got a. I got a topic here that I want to. Yeah. Let's talk about. Which, let's go ahead and do what you want to do. It's all about Jeff. We've been Third doing time. what y'all want to do for thirty minutes. Trigger time with Jeff Coffin. Everybody. Trigger right. time with Jeff Coffin. That's right. I have a topic that I think is interesting, and I want y'all to discuss it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I kind of brought this up in our uh, group message this week, and y'all completely ignored it. So I'll bring it up again. Probably a reason we ignored it. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Okay, so the topic was uh, on the lines of shooting a whole bunch of rounds the first part of the year to be able to shoot uh, basically the volume that you want to shoot uh, in a short period of time, but not shooting like a full season. So like ending the season in April, but shooting like 10,000 rounds before April. That, so you're getting the volume all at the same time, getting ramped up, and then shooting nationals and ending the season. Like, just kind of that concept, not necessarily that exact blueprint, but that concept of ramping things up and shooting all your volume in a couple of months to maximize for a match. And it would just kind of be a scenario that would work for someone who couldn't shoot as many rounds during the year, just to have a short season and then Let me go first, Jared. Okay. So, go Jeff, are, are you? Is this does does this, does Dilla does it? Hold on a second here. Does this just happen to work out for you well because your nationals that you're focusing on is at the end of April? I'm not really asking about me. Like, I just thought it was an interesting idea. Okay. Okay. I was just curious. Okay. It, well, but let's say you're you're. Um, your Nash, okay. You want to be prepared for the big matches that you want to shoot. Like, so I'm three months out from area match, area X. I want to start getting into it. I really want to start hammering and, and maybe trying to make some gains, I guess. And then, you know, three weeks before that, I'm just going to try to just kind of coast into it and keep fresh. You want to do that for each big match, right? And if you're, only going to be able to shoot 10,000 rounds but you yet you have um three or four of those matches and they're spaced each quarter there's one per quarter of the year you're going to burn through that ammo and then come October when you've got another match you know September not you're you're getting ready for it in September you don't really have any ammo to shoot right maybe you kept a little bit reserve and you you're just going to that's that's the point that I'm making is like if you only have 10,000 rounds do you so, space it out and try to stretch it over a season, or do you uh, try to use it all at once so and maximize like for I, that? Okay. I feel like I'm answering your your question in my answer and what I just said. I don't think you would want to shoot all your ammo earlier in the year. I would I would want to space it out and then just focus on dry firing when I'm short on ammo, or to keep to keep fresh and to make gains and right, then so, space my ammo out. Here, here's my thoughts on this. If you were talking, let's say you, you're shooting uh, two or three matches is all you can afford to shoot for the year. Two or three majors. Mm-hmm. And you have you have a budget that allows 10,000 rounds. So figure, you know, 1,500 of those or whatever going straight to the major. So you really have like 9,000 rounds to practice with. Then, then I absolutely think like, you know, shooting 3,000 rounds the, uh, the month before the major or the six weeks leading up to it probably makes a lot of sense. But if we were talking, having a more reasonable uh, round allocation of say like 25 or 30,000 rounds or something, then then no, I don't think it would make any sense to shoot like 10,000 rounds, the eight weeks leading up to nationals and not have shot anything else for the rest of the year. Cause you're going to beat your hands up and I don't, you're not going to get as much out of it as you will having it spread out. Or at least I wouldn't. I agree. Uh, so I, if you guys only had ten thousand rounds, we'll just we're just going to use ten thousand. Uh, you would drag it out and have the same length of the season, 
rather than shooting the same amount you do now for a shorter period if, of time. If I could, if I could only afford ten thousand rounds, I would shoot way less majors so that I could still practice. Like I would, I would pick like four majors, and, and that's it. And then I would practice a lot. I agree. And and then I would use all that spare time to get another job so that I could afford more ammo so I could practice. No, you more. just you just use that spare time in dry fire. And then yeah. you go to the range weekly and shoot and, and limit it to two or three hundred rounds to confirm I, your dry fire was was good. I would I mean personally I would say like like ten thousand rounds is definitely gonna be a hindrance to, to building your skills. Well, I don't. I think once you get up to like twenty or twenty-five thousand rounds, I think that's more than enough to be as good as you want to be. It takes a it takes a lot of time to shoot twenty-five thousand rounds in a year. It ties up a lot of time. So I think that's and it really it's expensive, but it's not like crazy amount of money to buy the components to load twenty-five thousand rounds. Also, I'd also ask. Is this person at like our level or beginner level or past our level? Because someone is past our level, they may be able to get away with 10,000 rounds. Um, though I don't know, is there any guy out there or gal out there that's winning nationals or world level sh- matches that's shooting 10,000 rounds? I, re- I really don't know. I feel like there's two, two round counts that are given by people at that level. I feel like they give you... A realistic round count, which is generally someone who shoots a lot, like 50, 60, 80,000 rounds a year because they have a ton of time. Or they give you a kind of BS sounding round count of like, oh, I shot 3,000 rounds this year, including all the matches. So it's kind of like, I have my doubts about that. It, if, you, if you casually shot like half a dozen majors in the year, I mean, you're going to shoot you know, 2,500 rounds there. You're going to tell me you didn't shoot 500 rounds at locals in practice this year. So, I don't know. I, uh, you know, when we had Alex on here, I think he said he shot between, like, twenty and 25,000 a year. And, and, I mean, he is at the, the top level. Well, the other thing I've noticed is it seems like guys, and Alex may be the, I'm sure not all this way, but a lot of top guys don't shoot monthlies a lot i mean they may shoot one club monthly mm-hmm. like their club so they might shoot eight monthlies a year yeah it, you know it, I, mean? It, well, it, I mean at their club and then they every once in a while they may go down the road and shoot one like but for so, ben but ben's traveling and teaching but yeah. well even even like me i have a ton of locals in my area i mean within within an hour of my house probably within 45 minutes of my house i have three local matches if you stretch that to uh an hour and 15 minutes there's five there's five locals to my house plus the two plus the weekly tuesday night indoor match now i almost always shoot the tuesday indoor match because it's a kind of a good social event and i don't think you get better shooting stuff like that but i think it definitely keeps you from uh you know degrading your skills and i wasn't going to do anything else after work on tuesday night i mean i guess i could dry fire instead uh but otherwise, I don't shoot all five of those local matches. I probably shoot. I probably average two of them a month, and one of them I I pretty much only do it because I'm the match director there. Hmm. Jason Jason must have just got a really interesting picture on his phone. Just, <laughs> you see no. the blue light reflecting off his bald head. Well, I've got a hat on. You can't see my bald head. Now you can. Look at I, that. I, I know, but <laughs> those people here can't see. Beauty. Look at that thing. Look how smooth that is. Um, no, what you're talking about club matches, or monthly, or indoor matches, excuse me. I happened to Tuesday night, I went up to um, this range where I used to, when I first started shooting, that's where I would shoot. That was all I really shot. I shot, it was an indoor, and it was IDPA. But I went up there this uh, last Tuesday to just talk to a couple of buddies. And I'm, one of my buddies was shooting PCC, so I was like, hey, man, let me shoot that thing. And I was going to send you all the video because it's pretty funny because I totally popped one off when I the, – you know, that was before I was ready and, and uh, <laughs> should have been, been DQ'd. He didn't DQ me because he's like, well, that happened real fast. But he's like, and I wasn't, I wasn't sure, if, but um, – oh, I was like, no, I should have been DQ'd. And it was the last little stage. But anyways, I was trying to find that to send that to you all. It was pretty funny because it was – 
is funny because I do not shoot a piece. Actually, when I was just standing there and shooting it strong side, I was good. But what I had to do is I had to start uh, with the stock on my belt, and then I had to switch transition to my uh, left shoulder and shoot a couple targets. And when I transitioned, my finger went in the trigger guard and popped one off. So, anyways, if I find that, I'll send it to you later. Yeah, so, like, the Tuesday night local we do, uh, a lot of times when it gets hot or gets cold, we'll shoot four stages at the end of the night. We'll drop the dinner out there. You'll do we'll, what? The, we'll shoot four stages when it's cold or hot, when a lot of people don't show up. And they'll generally be pretty good stages. We'll make a lot of tough, tight shots when we can, and as well as utilizing activators as much as possible. So I think there's value in, in getting a little shooting, but not not like building skill, but just keeping you sharp. No different than if you went to the range and just shot a little bit. You're shooting your gun, you're going to get better. Right. Hmm. Hmm. I kind of want to put uh, put the short season to the test. But... Well, it works out for you because – You'll you'll technically be done with your main division May May first or May third, something like that. Yeah, well is. and that's the thing, is like last year I shot what twelve somewhere between twelve and fourteen thousand probably. Mm-hmm. And I stretched it out, you know, till nationals, which was in friggin' November. So I had a super long season with that many rounds. But I feel like there's too many variables in my training that I'm changing. I wouldn't be able to get like a good to say if it was a good idea or not if I decided this year to put all that volume into four months, you know, because I'm changing too many things. I don't. I wouldn't be able to tell if it was any good. So would I probably won't do it. But. Would going to nine millimeter for practice? Forget the cost of the gun and the mags. Right, and probably the reloading supplies. But with, with just shooting nine in practice and in local matches and maybe even like smaller majors, would that get you to shoot more? Again, let's say you had all the, you, somebody gave you the gun, the holster, or the, uh, excuse me, the gun, the mags, and the reloading dies. Is it that no. much cheaper? It isn't, is it? No, I, would, I wouldn't be able to shoot anymore. It, it's it the only where the only place that saves is like if you're if you're not gonna pick up your brass then having a nine makes sense like if I was if and also if you didn't want to shoot major all the time so like let's say for me and Matt actually had a conversation about this one time it'd be good to have him on here and discuss it again uh, if, if we were gonna shoot limited like I would get a nine millimeter upper for the DWX and I would shoot. Nine millimeter for all of my practice, all of my locals, and then the week leading up to the major match, throw a forty up on upper on there, shoot a couple hundred rounds on it, and then go shoot the major. Okay, I've got a question. Mm. Is the DWX going to be interchangeable with uppers? Well, uh, I mean the the frame stays the same. Um, I don't know if the company will sell uppers. Most likely not. They haven't in the past, so I would right. not expect it to. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, the, the frame's going to be the same. Cool. That's cool. Hmm. Well, yes. you know, that's still feasible because the DWX, we don't know what the price is. I don't know if you know yet what the street price is going to be. MSR, MSRP is $17.99, and okay. I would say anything... As with any new gun that's super back-ordered, anything under MSRP is cheap. Yeah. So, I mean, that gun, when most people shooting limited are shooting $3,000 and up guns, I mean, that's for one gun. Mm -hmm. So, that's not a bad idea, even with the DWX, to buy two because it's just, you know, it's easier on everything. It's cheaper. But then you got the hassle of reloading multiple calibers. Some people, most people, I think, that reload already do that. A lot of people do, at least. Be, I'll be honest. If if I was gonna do that, I don't think I would reload forty. I think I would just order like the Syntec and ship it straight to the match, and and call it a day. Okay. Um, would it would it be worth Would it be worth messing with? By the time you ship your ammo to the majors and stuff like that, would it be worth messing with to load it? Uh, I don't know. No, that's not a bad point. But again, that's a lot of money. But at the same time, guys are spending so much money. 
Uh, I, I'm curious when that gun comes out because it looks like it's going to be awesome. But I'm curious to what the hardcore yeah. 2011 guys are going to think. You know, it's because it's going to well, be different. I've had I, so I, I've got to show it to a lot of guys that are are shooters like us. They shoot. They like shooting. And everybody who is a shooter that has handled it or or touched it or even shot it, the few that have gotten to shoot it, is impressed. Like they like what they're seeing. So. I think uh, the twenty the guys currently shoot twenty eleven are gonna like it. I don't. I'll have a better idea for you on the next podcast after everyone comes up and looks at it at shot show. Are you? Is that next week? It is. I leave uh, Monday morning. Cool. Cool. Hey, since we're talking about shot show, I'm gonna change the subject. Um, do you take like a bunch of like vitamin C and like? stuff before you go and you cover your face uh, while you're there and then you wash your hands constantly and then get uh, a, okay, get a so, syphilis. So like, I don't, yes, syphilis shots before shot show, yes. Um, no, the, I, I'm sure every other company does the same thing we do. There's tons of uh, hand sanitizer in our booth. Like we will go buy 20 bottles of hand sanitizer to have in our booth. Um, and that's, that's intended for us to use. Every time you touch someone's hand, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to use it. Uh, we keep a lot of water in the booth as well as, um, emergency. We'll, we'll yeah. keep, we'll, we'll buy a ton of it and I'll drink three or four packs of it a day. Like the little packs you mix in your water bottle. Yeah. You're I'll supposed drink to drink like one of, of those a day though. Like you're not supposed to have more than <laughs> one of those a day. You know what? <laughs> I, I, I try to keep hydrated up. I think, I think the reason so many people get sick at stuff like that is so many people go out and party and they run, they run themselves ragged. So they're going out, they're drinking all night, and then they're getting up super early. They're on their feet working all day, and then they're doing it again. So they're just wearing their bodies down. You but, might have you, – but you, you might have an advanced um, immune system since you have some DNA, uh, Sasquatch DNA. <laughs> like there may be something in there from like prehistoric times. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, actually, I, I, I got, I got sick last year. I think I got, I either got sick at internet show or at shot show. I don't remember which one. One of the two shows that I got sick, like the week after when we got back, I got sick. Well, Sasquatch can't hang. Do y'all uh, get flu shots? It's like, I'm just asking you two guys. No, dude, I have not got my flu shot yet. And I'm, I'm going to regret that after weekend dude go to like I, I, first of all i don't get flu shots but um jeff do you get them no nope. i don't yeah i don't get them um the government man they put trackers in you and they <laughs> <laughs> i think we should stop the podcast right there just be like, oh, anyways yeah well if, if you want but i was just gonna say if you do get a flu shot go get one like you can get them at the like walgreens i think yeah just Drive through or drive through drive through flu shots. Uh, dude, this, is this is not sketchy at all. This is Missouri. <laughs> we get we get drive through booze, not drive through flu shots. Oh, I gotta I gotta say, what was so hilarious about that comment coming from Jason is that like it it could have been serious from him. <laughs> I didn't know it's not <laughs> because a while back I I PayPal Jason some money for I think it was I think it was uh oh it was for like primers and powder and in the in the notes for the PayPal I put uh explosives <laughs> and he was like genuinely upset with me for for PayPal in that said explosives well that wasn't me first of all it's another person you're thinking of <laughs> but well, I didn't want it. I didn't know, man. I don't know, man. I didn't. I didn't want to get a knock on my door. <laughs> you know what I mean? For something crazy. But look, dude, it's not all that unheard of. I mean, the like they fake stuff all the time, like the moon landing. I mean, obviously Sasquatch is fucking real. So, oh my gosh. Cut that out. That's right. But yeah. Yeah. So, well, cool. Yeah. Who's gonna? Okay. One last thing. Who's gonna have the coolest uh, shot show unveil? Ooh. Don't say. Ooh, I think. Okay, so we're we're. This is not gonna air till after shot show. I do think a new product that we have coming out that nobody else knows about yet. So this is not the DWX. I think it's gonna be quite popular, but. 
I don't know that it's like so amazing that it's going to be the coolest thing. I don't know of anything else coming out. I haven't really heard of much else. Doesn't uh-huh. Sig usually release something? Everybody, everybody tries to release something, but uh, it, it, I'm sure somebody will have something really cool and groundbreaking, but I don't know. I think the the X is probably the, the most unique thing I've seen in the last year. That definitely should be a pretty popular one because it's completely new and cool. Like yeah, not, like these these companies come out with stuff, and you're like, mm, okay. the first the first year's production. I didn't I haven't pulled numbers this week. It's pretty close to being sold, so we haven't we haven't even started shipping them yet. They're almost a year. Well, how They're, how can they, how can they be all be sold? You haven't gotten me my three yet. Uh, dude, yours are in the mail. Okay, cool. I'm just yeah. shipping them straight to your house. That's what like, you do. That's what probably, you get when you're GM. You know what, Jeff? You would track about that. Yeah, yeah, Jeff's not a GM. <laughs> it hurts my feelings. Jeff needs to get better at shooting. Yeah, y'all let me know it just about Sorry. every day. You're going to probably be able to, if you can't say it now, you'll be able to say it after SHOT Show, but like, any idea when these are actually going to be out in the dealers? Okay. Dude, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a firm enough shipping date to like be like, yes, here's when you're going to say it. So, yeah, no, cool. I don't know. All right. Good time to pinch it off, boys? It has yeah. been for 20 minutes. Yeah, it has. All right, so I think it should be official that Jason does the outro. I'll yep. do the intro. Jason does the outro. And I do as little as possible, just like work. <clears throat> do we have an outro other than just saying bye? Or pinch it off? Let's pinch it off, boys. Bye. bye. No. <laughs> I, I yell it. I scream it like at the last minute. All right, peace out, everybody. Respect. Respect. All right. Oh, am I supposed to hit stop? Yeah. My bad. Oh, 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 stop recording, damn it. <laughs>